0: Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. Today we do have a special guest. Uh, Tom Agam has been with us almost from the very beginnings of Northgate. It's um, a great front of Northgate. Hope for Kids International is a missions um, organization that is involved in so many different places around the world. And Tom's sneaking up behind me. Um, so I would just, if you would give Tom a warm Northgate welcome, would you please? Oh, wait, 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 wait here. I'm going to... Thank you, everybody. I know it's Thanksgiving weekend. This has been going on for 20-some-plus years. For 25 years. Wow. Huh? Yeah. We were kids back then. Yes, we were. Still going on, though. No? <laughs> <laughs> but, Ken, so often when I speak on weekends, I'm in churches that uh, have just started with us or are lukewarm in our, in our partnership. But this truly is. I was telling a guy in the lobby after last service, this is our ministry. Yeah. I hope you know that. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of it happens because of Ken. Your heart for what we've talked about over the years, your prompting of, of the church to respond way back to when we first started in yeah. Uganda, and, and I would just think, reminiscing in my mind through a bunch of that stuff, yeah. thank you so much You're for your leadership. You You're don't talk the talk, you walk it, man. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you Lovely man. Thanks. Wow. And he didn't pay me to say that. <laughs> I love coming back here. I mean, I have so many friends here. So many of you have traveled with us. I've gotten to know you over the years. We've got lots of stories together, and I really do. I hope I get to keep doing this for at least a while, you know, because it's it's, uh, uh, an honor to come back and, and say thank you for all that you're participating in. Let me tell you, watching on social media how this church responded to the Sonoma fires and and Napa Valley fires was so inspiring. I kept saying, that's the church. That's the way we should be. Because to me, the church is spreading his kingdom, bringing his kingdom to earth. So when we see a hurt, we see a need, we respond. We're bringing, we're restoring. That's the presence of Jesus. That's the hands and feet of Jesus. So thank you so much for Ken and Betty were telling me so many stories last night that beyond, people did so much beyond their uh, abilities and means and all. Thank you for doing that. That is so, so inspiring to all of us. Um... And that's one of the reasons I love to be a part of this and to watch this church grow as it has over the years and not just numbers and buildings and all that, but truly in in, in a deeper love for uh, the planet, Uh, not just here in California, but throughout the world. Thank you for that. And I truly mean our ministry because when i tell stories you see pictures or whatever it's not about what i've done i've done very little of this it's about us it's about our team it's about ambassadors many of you here so thank you i hope you feel that personal about it okay I want to share a personal story, too, because those of you who are friends on social media have watched uh, uh, us make a move from Washington, D.C. area to a ranch in, in Oklahoma. I can hardly say it, but I wore my boots today to prove it. I was fencing this week. But anyway... Uh, uh, We were really blessed to live in the Washington, D.C. area for a number of years. As many of you know, my daughter needed uh, uh, brain surgery uh, from uh, a problem causing uh uh epileptic uh responses Uh, we're so grateful we lived right near johns hopkins and had the best of surgeons and she came through that beautifully you know my health was not very good when we moved we wanted to be near my wife's family and and god restored me i mean i'm telling you uh i feel better today than i have felt in seven years i mean it, it is amazing and when i go back for my checkups my doctor always wants other interns and and young medical students to meet meet me and hear my story because it's it's the impossible from stage 4 to where i'm at today is absolutely a miracle and i i know yeah see it's why i want to live life so to its fullest. That's why I'm doing crazy stuff at 66 years of age, starting a cattle ranch in Oklahoma. You know, and having my mini donkeys follow me around the ranch, as many of you have seen. And by the way, you know there are some pictures of me there too. But it's like, where are the donkeys? Okay, so I, I my one of my staff members said, you should start a Facebook page with your three amigos, your three mini donkeys, because they are cute. I'm telling you. But anyway. We've really felt God's favor, and a a year ago, my my 16-year-old son said he'd like to maybe move back west and live on a ranch. And and we had some ranch experience. And so I agreed and I said, you know, I'm feeling great. Let's, let's look. So we did a Zillow search. We wanted to lower our mortgage payments and we moved from Maryland outside of DC to a 38 acre ranch. And we uh, have a much smaller mortgage payment, if you can believe that. And it's about the cost of one of your garages in this area. Okay. (laughs) Um, But we are living the life. We found a beautiful church Uh, We've got a great school. My kids are thriving. Uh, My son just started Uh, Flying, He takes lessons twice a week. He's going to go to Spartan uh, Aeronautic School in Tulsa. We are living the life. And I tell you, I just am so grateful it's God's hand of of favor. So I know some of you've watched that. By the way, I have three ponds on my property with lots of forest and I have a trophy bass fishing pond. But anyway, I didn't want to brag about that. But anyway, uh, (laughs) but we're loving it. Okay. But Many of you have not heard of Hope for Kids before, and and I know as you've grown here that we, each time I come, it's more and more that have not heard. So I want to show you a few little uh, slides, of power uh, uh, point here of of, uh, who we are and give you a little glimpse. Hope for Kids International, we started in 1973, and that's... Uh, what it's become now is just uh, absolutely blows my mind and it's because of our partnership and many of us uh, here have made that difference our mission is to restore hope around the world by empowering kids to break the cycle of extreme poverty through four principles you know the four in our name represents these four four ways we bring hope dignity Whatever can bring dignity, we want to be a part of. Whatever the health needs are, we want to respond to that. We want to hear children laughing and filled with joy. Many of them have suffered far greater than we'll ever suffer in an entire lifetime. We want to hear some joy. So that's why our sports teams and different things like that is very important. And then... The bottom line of everything we do is we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And we've experienced His love and we want to show His love. And so one of the things that I've stood for for 46 years is saying, I won't compromise that message. I I don't want to be another humanitarian organization. We want to be about Jesus. We want to be about He's the reason that we're doing this. And it just... Uh, response to that scripture there that you see. Right now, these are the seven countries we're we're involved in and take short-term trips to. India, Uganda, Cuba, Guatemala, Mexico, Philippines, and Romania. If you're interested in traveling to any of those destinations, see us at the table out back. We have a number of volunteers there, and they'll show you how you can get involved. One of the things that we do is we partner with an organization called Feed My Starving Children. Great organization. Because we have a four-star rating with Charity Navigator, we are given all the food we can transport. So we get containers, 40-foot containers full of this food, and we ship it to a number of countries. We have to raise the money to ship it, and that's amazing when you see these kids respond to these nutritious meals that we're giving. And yeah, yeah, that's that's it. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of them says... And one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled. But you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And that's the foundational scripture for why we respond in that way. We have so many projects going on right now. I was just in the Philippines less than a month ago, and here on the left, we're dedicating a new school that we're building for kids in a very poor area. The second uh, picture there is we're out in a, among the Young tribes out in Mindoro Island and, and a very primitive tribe still in loincloths and all, we're helping them with their health issues and educational and then here is our staff in in Uganda on the right there and we're building uh restoring I should say villages that need uh restoring we're trying to do these huge projects now um but the foundation of a lot of what we do is sponsorship many hundreds of children are sponsored through Northgate And it's a dollar a day, $31 a month. You can change the destiny of a child. We believe sponsorship empowers a child to break the cycle of poverty. When they get educated, we've seen it. We've done it long enough to see that kids are graduating from law school, from medical school, from nursing school, from uh, trade schools. They're becoming successful. Their children will never live and know the poverty that they did. And this is, oh, it's, it's amazing. So thank you for doing that. The medical outreach, um, we, we take medical teams. This uh, woman up front here is a medical doctor out of L.A. that travels with me a lot, and she heads up our medical outreaches, so we do medical teams, and we're really improving in that area. And then you've been a big part of safe water. Um, Ken told me that you've now raised money for 51 wells. That's amazing. Amazing! This summer, we uh, dedicated or celebrated our 500th well in Uganda in the last six years. So here we were. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. You know, 52% of the children die before their fifth birthday in these areas. And the major reason is they don't have safe water, the basics of life. So that's our triage response. We need to get water. We need to get them water. Uh, Immediately, cholera disappears and many diseases, and there are just so many things that that happen because of your water. So thank you for being a part of that here. uh, this is so far we've drilled 45 of your wells, but now we've got those additional ones that'll be that'll be drilled in the next week. So thank you for doing that. That's the kind of pump. It's a deep water well. That's a cute picture of Ken and oh and Betty, uh, Betty we call her there because they thought we said Benny, so we say Betty. So. Call betty betty and then the man in the center there is hillary i call him the president of life he's our guy on the ground over there he is a miracle worker he makes sure that those wells are functioning that they're provided water and there's so much to that program and then you've been a part of the walk for water we were amazed that you all raised uh money for eight wells eighty thousand dollars this uh just recently thank you for doing that and I know we, we we felt like sometime when you're responding already to the fires and everything and the way you did, maybe it wouldn't be quite as... Uh, uh, you know emotional to do this but thank you you did it in fact a couple weeks ago I was speaking in Las Vegas and there was a pastor that partners with us there and he said that Pastor Ken's church did they really do eight like he was double checking you know so uh, and here Betty's talk. Betty is talking to two of her sponsored kids and that's a highlight if you sponsor a child and you travel with us to whatever destination we make sure you meet your child and get to spend time with them and then it's personal. Then it's then it's then it's really personal, and you want to make sure that they succeed and 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 get get through. Here's Joel and Mary. They've traveled with us there, and these are some of their kids, and they've done some amazing things with us. We're so grateful for them. And here's Kenyatta. and and uh, oh my Dre, thank you. Uh, no, nobody told me that. I remembered it. Okay, all right, yeah. Uh, what a. What a cool couple. And Nicole and Margaret. Nicole has been with us a couple times. She is an amazing young young lady. Her mom as well. Uh, we appreciate all that people here are doing. There's Joel again stealing candy from kids or something like that. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, uh, it's personal because it's ours, okay? It's our ministry. So if you've got ideas of how we can improve or how we can do this, we're so open to that. And you have many ambassadors, official ambassadors. would Look up our website, check out the table afterward, and, and see uh, how you can get involved in, in even a greater way. But thank you. I'm so grateful for each of you. So God bless. Um, I want to wrap up these next uh, 11 minutes that we have here uh, talking about... Uh, the foundation of everything we do, and it's God's word. A value, God's word. That's why I was saying we'll never compromise that message of the gospel. We, we—that's the foundation of everything we do. Whatever we do, we want to make sure there's a biblical reason we've responded to that need. And I often wonder, you know, why are uh, you know God has called us to be the light and and hope to this world by using our gifts and resources to spread His kingdom. We're, that's established as a follower of Jesus, but. What keeps us from making a greater impact with our lives? And I believe oftentimes it is our own unbelief in ourselves and doubt that God can use me, can use you. And if we listen to, his vo- uh, to the voice of doubt and many of those around us, will never move in faith and allow God to use us as he's designed to use us. We miss out on his purpose. And so I believe God has much more for each of us to do. When I was in Africa last in July, I had a, a longtime friend, an African pastor, come up to me and say, Tom, God did not spare your life from cancer just to allow you to see your ministry continue. But he did so allow, to allow you to see the ministry making a greater impact in these coming years than it has in all your years up to this point. Whoa! And I receive that. And as I look around at some of the things we're getting involved with, the partners that are partnering up with us, and the vision of many young people on our staff have, and, and how uh, we're expanding so many of our, our, our efforts, I believe that's true. I believe when we think about 500 wells it took six years, it's not going to take that long to get 500 more wells that the momentum is rolling, that God has greater things for us. And that's why I'm so excited is because God gave me another chance. You saw me when I was down and I, I didn't know if it'd be here the next Thanksgiving. And when you have that kind of experience, you know, as we say on the ranch, you want to grab the bull by the horn. I don't know. Uh, you want to live it up. You want to live life to its fullest. Say, God, what's left here? I want to make sure I don't miss out on it. There's a great scripture. It's, uh, not a, I mean, it might even surprise you I'm using this scripture. But it really inspires me. It's Mark 14, verse 3. While he was in Bethany, reclined in the table of Simon the leper. I love that right there. That's where Jesus, God in the flesh, was hanging out. That's cool. A woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Now John 12 says, tells us this woman is Mary of Bethany, the sister of Lazarus and Martha. This is a different Mary who did a similar thing out of her gratefulness for his forgiveness. But the tradition was when you welcome somebody into your home, you anoint them with a small amount of oil on their head as a symbol of welcome. She was honoring him lavishly with an anointing fit only for a king. They would pour the oil on a king. She poured the oil, the whole bottle of very expensive perfume and oil. Probably an heirloom passed down for generations, mother to daughter. Do you ever wonder where she got that expensive perfume? Probably handed down. This also was symbolic of preparing him for his foretold death. This was an amazing selfless act of worship. Some of those, this is verse verse 4 says, some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? Can you hear some of us saying that? What a waste. Why didn't you? It says, it could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, Jesus said. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you. And you can help them any time you want. But you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly I tell you. Wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her, just like today. Here's my takeaway from that because there's a lot in there. She had done what she could do, but she got harshly rebuked for what she had done. Again, John's account says it was Judas Iscariot. And remember him that criticized her harshly that she could have sold it and given it to the poor. Like that was his interest. But Jesus defended her. The poor you will always have with you. Now here's where people will take out of context the scripture and say, Jesus said the poor are always going to be here, so don't worry about them. That's not what he said. In the context of everything, And you can help them at any time you want. But you will not always have me. That's the whole context of that. So he's never putting down the poor. He's never saying spend expensive things on yourself and don't think about the poor. Whatever we want to do with all that, read it in its context. This was an act of worship. He said she did what she could. Now, personalize this. When you do something in obedience, maybe you responded to an appeal at the church, maybe you gave a well, maybe you went on a mission trip, expect criticism. Well, couldn't you just send the money? Couldn't you just do something else? What about the people here? There's always those voices that will discourage if God has spoken to you specifically, about responding in some way. There's negative voices. Recently, I was reading the account of when Moses sent 12 spies to check out the land of Canaan. Remember that story? Remember, all 12 of them saw the same thing. They saw a land of plenty. Remember, they described all the grapes and all this and that. It was like, but they said there's strong giants throughout the land. Yet Caleb and Joshua came back saying this, with God with us, we can do this, but only two out of 12. The other 10 came back with a negative report, it says something about we humans. We see the same thing, but most of us, maybe 80% of us, focus on the negative. Well, what about this? You know, I'm amazed at people that travel with us. I've had people travel with us and say, I was afraid of flying. And I said, and he came to Africa? <laughs> what a way to get over it. You know? I mean, people with allergies, people with this, people with that. People, my whole family said I shouldn't go. I was going to get killed over here. And they're amazed when they come back. There are so many negative voices to discourage us in responding to what God wants us to do. And so often the loudest voice is our own. Oh, God, you wouldn't want me to do that. I, you know, I've told you I promise things before and I always break my promise. I won't do it anyway. And pretty soon we talk ourselves out of it. The 10 gave a negative report and it caused the people to complain against the Lord. The result? A six-day journey to the promised land Turned into 40 years of wandering and grumbling. And none of them saw the promised land. Wow. If we listen to the voice of murmuring. Negative voices. Voices of fear. Voices, you can't do this. You won't do it. And you're going to miss out on God's purpose for your life. Whatever you do. There's going to be a battle. I remember going to my pastor one time 15 years ago and telling him about stuff I want to do in Africa, and he said, do you have any money? I said, no. He said, then that's what God wants you to do. (laughs) Hadn't heard of that formula before. (laughs) And now when I look back, wow. Wow. We didn't have any. We still don't have any but it's coming in somehow because this is what God told us to do. What a life to know God provides, to know God leads us beyond our abilities, beyond our resources, beyond our gifts and says, "I want to use you to do this." I love being around young people. I had a uh most of my staff are in their 20s, and I love that because they come up with great ideas. And they, I, A lot of times when I'm on staff meeting, Skyping in, I'll say, you're doing what? Wow, that's a great idea. But I would have never thought of it. I said, uh, I tried that, and it didn't work. You know, us old people have a negative voice going on for most of us. But to let them, I had an experience just a few minutes ago after the first service. I was talking to a family and she w- said, we've been talking about going to, to the Philippines with you. But all my Filipino friends say it's too hot. And her daughter, 20-something, jumped in and said, there's those negative voices. <laughs> See, I love that. That's, that's the youth. That's the Anyway, that's a whole other talk about, you know, how, yeah. God's got great things for us. Are we together in this? Does this make sense? This is us. We. ours. us. There will be giants standing in our way. Giants of doubt. But focus on what God's called you to do. With God, through Christ, we can do all these things. Let's pray. Loving God, thank you so much for your mercy and your grace. And that you pick us out of every background, every every situation, every struggle and you call us your own. And then you put purpose in our life and you want to send us and use us. God, I pray that we will hear your voice and give us the strength to shut out the negative, to shut out the voices that give the negative report of our own and those around us and obey I know you'll bless us. I know you're going you're gonna to meet that need and, and you're going to provide for us and you're going to give us the strength and the ability to carry it through. So God, thank you for your mercy. In Christ's name.